0: All this joy. Thank our, our Youth and Family Ministries Director, Evie, for this get-up. And this just happened last night after the, um, after the pizza party, after the, the beautiful, joyful celebration. How many of you here today were here yesterday? Thank you. <clears throat> so um, so we were talking ugly sweaters last night, and um, in, in my travels I didn't bring one with me. And I was kind of okay with that, and I was just going to go basic black and a little bling, maybe, thanks to Leah. Um, And then Evie came in, and it was just like, okay. (laughs) So here's the thing. I chose that song a couple of weeks ago, as I always do, as topics and working on the the talk. And and you've heard Jill talk about this. We put things together. We have an idea in mind of what it is we're going to do. And then the spirit says, nope. (laughs) <laughs> and yesterday and the day before, as I was, I was putting things together and recognizing that I chose this kind of, like, kind of a, it's a beautiful song, that song by John Denver, all this pain, all this joy, and I thought, well oh, that's kind of, could be like a little bit of a Debbie Downer for Joyful Sunday. And then I thought, no, here's where we're going to go with this, and this is what came through, and this was coming through, was. That's the paradox. All is life all is being, all is spirit, all is love. We can't have joy without knowing sorrow. We hear that a lot and as, as ministers and as chaplains and people are doing this work is saying, why can't I just be in this blissful place all the time? Because you wouldn't know it was blissful. <laughs> That's the bottom line. That's the basic part of it. We have to have both in order to feel, to know that we are alive and we know that we are here and we know that we have something to compare to, the perspective that we have. I, I have a lot of quotes today, warning, there's not, you know, like I had a ton, scaled it back down. But um, where I started was, was the description of this talk today, which was what I, this, this is quoting me, I'm quoting myself. And... Um, Joy is an inherent quality of God that we have access to at all times, but only to the degree we believe we can have it. Only to the degree that we believe we can have it. We experience heaven on earth when we realize and accept that we are individualized expressions of the divine, supplied and supported with everything we need. So what would our lives and the world look like if we chose to believe that spirit is always ready to express is, itself as joy through us and as us? And that's what we're talking about today. And the bottom line is that joy, joy and happiness, there are a couple of different things. I'll talk about that. Joy is actually a choice. Because joy is one of the inherent qualities of God within us that is always present in us. We just get it buried under all our stuff. Our learned seriousness, I'm pointing to myself on that. Our conditioned mental habits, our practiced mental habits of how we navigate life. And a lot of times, we don't recognize or that joy has been so tamped down because we were not allowed to feel. We were taught not to feel. So we stick it down there and say, no, i got to be so serious. And I recognized in doing this talk that was exactly what was happening to me. I was like, i got to make this talk, and it's got to be profound, and it's got to be important. And it's, it's like, no, this is about joy, you <laughs> dummy. <laughs> Wake up. So the pizza party yesterday, thank you again to the board and, and everybody that put that together and just opened up to be back on this hill again, to be outside. The weather cooperated, for those of you who didn't make it, you saw the weather. went from stormy and windy to sunny and, yes, definitely cooler. But it was a joyful time just to see a lot of people who have not been on this hill in a long time. And for for me, having been away, as I've been back and forth between between here and Michigan, to just see so many faces and recognize the joyful experience of being back on this hill. It is sweet. This week as well, um, uh, our, I, I'm, I'm going to call you out, Judy um, my, you can, If you feel so inclined, raise your hand here. Our friend who, co- who drives down from Leander just about every Sunday. Wow. And if you are... Not familiar, those of you watching online, Leander is a good hour and a half away from Wimberley because she loves this joyful community so much. And the last, when I, one of my last trips here, I think it was in October, and, and uh, we had, she had invited me to do her weekly kayaking trip and uh, with her friend Karen. And they started doing this every week back in March, regardless of the weather, learning how to kayak, Navigating the waters literally and figuratively of trying something new and finding the joy in every experience and so this past friday uh, we had we had set a date the last time i was here and judy and i went kayaking on friday and a couple weeks ago when i was being all serious and stuff and it was very very cold and very snowy in michigan i was like what, what why did i say yes to kayaking in december <laughs> And Friday it was 78 degrees and a little overcast and absolutely perfect. Because I let go and I leaned into the idea that as we do, we set the intention, we create that experience. We choose the joy in every moment. And when I got there, and Karen, as as usually it happened, and and Judy had already taken the kayak down to the water, and and she had it kind of hidden around the corner. And when I got there, the the balloons that you see in the fireside room were on the back of the kayak. (laughs) And she said, we are celebrating joy. We're starting your joyful weekend with balloons and everything else. And it was wonderful. And I use Judy as an example because she is someone that I know well who knows how to choose how to create her day. And I say the word create, I would like to shift that to reveal because we don't create anything. We do not create anything. If we look at the physics 101, there is energy is not created or destroyed. It is only changes form. Same with spiritual law. Everything already exists in infinite potential and possibility in the one mind And when we put our attention on it, when we choose to see, that's when we collapse that wave of possibility into probability and into manifestation. So we are simply revealing something that already exists. And that's where I go back to that joy, being an inherent quality of God that lives in us and through us and as us. And in any given moment we can take that breath and that one thought and that one word and turn our attention to joy. The author, um, David Brooks, he has a book called The Second Mountain, and he talks about the difference between happiness and joy. And there were a lot of things that I were looking, you know, the, the, the textbook version, the dictionary version, the difference between happy and joy, but the bottom line being, that happiness can be temporary, it can be conditional. And joy is an inside job. That's the basic bottom line. But his quote from The Second Mountain is, we live on two mountains. The first mountain is making money, having power and success. The second mountain is of inner fulfillment and relationships. Happiness is what you earn on the first mountain. You have success, you get a promotion at work, and that's great. But joy is what you get on the second mountain. Joy is when the self disappears. When you're lost in your work because it really makes a difference in the world. Or you're lost in your love for someone else where you forget where you end and the other person begins. Happiness is good, yes. But joy is so much better. Joy is a choice. Joy is abiding. It is lasting. It is peaceful. It is this calm sense of knowing that all is well, all is right in the world, despite outer conditions and circumstances. Looking beyond the chaos in the moment, we are in a time of both joy and sorrow, promise and pain. That's life. I want to read to you as well from, the, uh, from this, as Reverend Jill has been reading all through Advent, um, Reverend Teresa Burton. And this is for today, for joy, for December 19th, 2021. I think I was like many children, captivated by the enchantment of the Christmas season. I loved it all, the music, the decorations, the coming vacation from school, and the brilliant energy around me. And, of course, the fevered countdown to Christmas morning. Happy and joyous, I loved the magic and hopeful energy that seemed to be everywhere and in everyone. And, as much as I wanted Christmas to arrive, I wanted the holiday spirit to last all year long. By Christmas Eve, I was jittery with excitement, almost too wide-eyed and eager to sleep. But it was all joyous, the lights... The colors, the music, the sweet treats, even the sublime torment of feeling as though December 25th would never arrive. I love that line, the sublime torment. Talk about a paradox. (laughs) Each year, the anticipation was utterly enthralling, and the magic of Christmas filled me with joy. And then I grew up. Christmas was still coming, but now I had to fit it in around a galaxy of other activities and obligations. Before long, I discovered I was just going through the motions of mindlessly getting ready, no longer enchanted by the sights or sounds or the lights or the colors. Not surprisingly, I had lost my joy. In childhood, I desperately wanted the Christmas season to speed up. In adulthood... I just as desperately wished it would slow down. But there was joy in the anticipation I felt as a child, and that joy was nowhere to be found in the frantic race to finish. That I felt as an adult. I wanted to reclaim my joy. I realized this was possible when I remained fully present to and accepting of everything that came my way. Listening to my favorite Christmas music and gazing upon the decorations, lighting the night sky, filled me with joy. But surprisingly, staying present to that which annoyed or frustrated me, long lines in stores, delays at airports, botched recipes, sometimes made me temporarily unhappy, but no longer robbed me of my joy. It's amazing how blithely and effortlessly kids get so much right so much of the time. They have taught me a priceless lesson about getting ready for Christmas. Namely, how much joy can be found in anticipation. Now I don't just enjoy it, I savor it. Mindful anticipation is a great gift. The present of the presence. As you savor it, your joy abounds. About 30 years ago, um, I, was, um, I was up in Michigan... I was living at the time. I was living in Georgia, another warm place, and I had gone home for my mom's birthday, which was in early January. And back in the days, um, thirty years ago, I remember we used to get snow as early as October, and it has shifted. But I had gone up to the beach, the private beach where um, the family cottage is, and it was a unusually sunny day for Michigan. It was probably only about eight degrees. It was single-digit, a single-digit day. But it was sunny, not a single cloud in the sky. It was that deep blue, just magnificent kind of sky. And at the time, I had gone up there just looking for a little respite, a little peace, just a little get-out-of-the-house kind of stuff. And over the course of the November gales and the December storms, On that big lake on Lake Michigan the the ice shelves on the shore had built up it's a series of build-up of the the water hitting the sand the frozen sand and then it just keeps building and building and building until literally I was standing on this what you know this mixture of sand and ice these ice shelves that were probably about 20 feet high on the shore and at about as high as the sand dunes that are there normally it had built up that much and I'd walked on to the crunchy, crunchy, crunchy of the ice and being very careful. And you can see far out into the center of the lake, which is not frozen. It, that Lake Michigan is only frozen over, I think, once or twice in recorded history. Because it's so deep. And so the water way out is almost black. That cold black water, clear black. And then in, and the changing colors. And I'm standing on this ice, and all of a sudden I realized it was so quiet I thought I had gone deaf. A deafening silence. And then I began to notice what was happening. No airplanes overhead, no traffic, no human voices, no barking dogs, nothing. There wasn't even a wind that day. It was so still. And the only thing that I could do in that moment was just be in that moment. And on the one hand, my human mind was going through family discussions <laughs> that had occurred over the holiday and family dynamics, and the other hand was this deep, deep sense of peace and joy. And standing in that paradox of that moment was kind of mind-blowing at that point, I had not yet found new thought, I had not found religious science, I had not found unity. But there was something inherent that said, just be in this moment, all is right with the world. Fast forward about twenty, about 10 years to September 11th, 2001. All this joy, all this sorrow, all this pain, all this promise, all this shock and trauma. And for two days, there were no planes in the sky. Again, this silence. And there was something that happened to us collectively that we had gotten shaken out of our complacency. That said, we got to unite. we got to take care of each other. We have to see the good in everything. And at the same time, there was a divide and a blaming and an anger and a deep hurt. And all of that judgment, on the one hand, we're watching people take care of each other and do superhuman feats of care and compassion, and helping, and joy, and coming together. And on the other hand was the splitting off, that somehow some other people in the world had a different God than we did, and they were wrong, and we were right, the paradox. It shoves us into growth. It shoves us into spiritual growth. It shoves us into emotional growth. It shoves us into a whole sea change. Culture shifts. Fast forward to two years ago. Pandemic. The skies are once again empty. But this time we have birdsong coming back. We can hear ourselves think. And for a lot of people, that's been really hard. Not only to think, but to feel. That's the thing. When it is that quiet, when it is that still, and you begin to notice, you don't have any choice but to notice the thoughts that are rambling around in your head. You have a couple of choices about what to do with them. Let them take you down the track of the crazy train. Or make the decision to say, where do I really want to go with this? It is scary. There has been a lot of fear. We don't know what's coming next. We still don't know what's coming yet. We're in this next phase of pandemic. And just in the last week, watching things Shut down and shut down and shut down and get canceled again. And again, family gatherings, rearranged, adjusted, moved. And it's kind of like, oh, wait, we were just coming back together. What now? And the message that I get, that I'm seeing in this all, is that get present. Every moment that you can possibly do so, to do it mindfully, get present in the moment Let go of all the extraneous hoo-ha, as I call it. The cosmic hairballs, let them come up. (laughs) I know, it's a visual, isn't it? But that's what it feels like too, doesn't it? You're working and working and working and doing your internal work and choosing to reveal the good that already exists. Choosing to reveal the love and the joy and the peace and setting aside, as best we can, our judgments about what is happening and our part in it. Quotes. Deepak Chopra, in The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, says, if you embrace the present and become one with it, you will experience a fire and a sparkle of ecstasy throbbing in every living, sentient being. As you experience this exaltation of spirit in everything that is alive, as you become intimate with it, joy will be born within you. So how do we stay in the present moment? That's hard, isn't it? All the stuff coming at us all the time, distractions and ideas and other people's opinions of us and other people's ideas of who we should be and what we should be doing, should, 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 should. The easiest thing to do is to surrender. I say it's easy, it's not. The simplest choice is to surrender in the moment and say, okay, what is happening right now? The facts of what are going on not our opinions about the facts not our judgments about the facts but what is going on we have facts in our lives that we can say yes i'm standing on this this is made of wood this is made of stone i have a certain amount of money in my bank account i have this many relatives there are this many people in the room those are the facts those are the material facts of life and i could say i don't have any joy or love in my life that's an old practice mental habit. Because all I have to do is go out in nature and look around and see the infinite abundance that exists that I can tap into. I can watch the, the was we did last night, so many of you did watching that moon come up, that full moon. It is accepting what is in the moment and letting go of the judgment about it, and especially the judgment about ourselves around it. The second part of being in the moment, the easiest, simplest way, not the easiest, the simplest way, is be grateful for something. Be grateful for what is here, right here, and right now. The old saying is, love what you have and you will find more of having what you love. And forgiveness. We all have something in every single moment that we could be forgiving, and most of the time it is ourselves. So if you can't get yourself into a present moment, find something to be grateful for and find something or someone to forgive. Look in the mirror and say, yeah, mm, yeah, okay. And remind yourselves, ourselves, we're doing the best we can with what we have at the level of consciousness that we are at any given moment. And we are all doing it whether we agree with the opinions about it or not, whether we are in standing face-to-face with someone who we disagree with politically, socially, any of those things. We are all really doing that every single day. And if you still can't get yourself into the present moment, the easiest way, and this was in the Daily Word, find some way to be of service to someone else. It was a lesson that I learned a very, very long time ago in therapy, (laughs) when my gentle, very, very gentle and oh-so-kicking-my-butt therapist, I look at it in hindsight now, she pretty much got tired of me whining. I still surround myself with people who hold me accountable for my whining because I know that it means i gotten too much in here and not enough in here. The fastest way to open your heart to finding something joyful in life is to be in service to someone else many of you in this room probably all of you in this room unless you are brand new to us have volunteered have given your time have given your love have given your support have given your money have given all of those things to support this joyful loving community and i how many of you and i will ask for a show of hands how many of you find joy in it yes Because it gets us out of me, 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 me to what's going on out in the world. How can I be of service? How can I be of support? How can I show someone else some joy when they can't seem to find it for themselves? So I invite you, as we come into the new year, to look where you can be of service, not just in here. We welcome you, absolutely welcome you, because we have a lot of places, as we open up again, that we could use the help. And it's fun. Yesterday was a joy. It was a joy setting up. It was a joy watching the pizza oven show up. It was a joy setting up tables and chairs, and Jason setting up the PA system, and Finn getting his guitar out, and having some rehearsal, and pushing his comfort zone yesterday to sing and play, yes, yeah. All in service to that idea of this is fun. This is fun. This is the joy. This is the joy we are revealing that exists within us, expressing as us. So in closing, I'll repeat what I started with. Joy is an inherent quality of God that we have access to at all times but only to the degree we believe we can have it. We experience heaven on earth when we realize and accept that we are individualized expressions of the divine. Our lives reflect what we believe about God's joy, love, and peace in us. We can choose to believe that spirit is always ready to express itself as joy through us and as us. So in the rest of this holiday season and beyond and every day of our lives, may we reflect that light, that joy, that peace, and that love in every moment. Namaste, y'all. I love you. Let's take this into meditation. Take a deep breath. I invite you to put your feet flat on the floor and to uncross your arms or your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Because that is the signal in our bodies. We are signaling our energy that says we are open. We are open, we are willing to receive, and we are willing to give. We are willing to step into the conscious recognition that we are in an unconditionally loving and beautiful reciprocal relationship with the divine. It is a relationship that has no end. It never leaves us. We may turn away from it unconsciously through a practiced mental habit. But we are never separate from it, nor will we ever be. And I invite you to breathe into that heart space and envisioning the candlelight or the light on a tree, a holiday light outside, but some place, a flame or a spark. And that as you breathe, every time you breathe in, that light gets a little bit brighter. And every time you breathe out, you radiate that light. And as that light grows, you feel the warmth, the warmth of the deep and abiding love that is God, that is Spirit, that moves in and through and as us. That warmth that helps melt away some of those icy layers of unforgiveness, a withholding love. Melt away the idea that we can somehow be more settled in ourselves if we make someone else wrong. We know it doesn't work that in the next week, in the celebrations, in the solstice, in the return of the sun, in the season of light. We breathe into that light, welcoming the growing light, the longer days, the longer periods of daylight. We welcome the light of awakening to a new level of consciousness. we open ourselves to the light of courage, the light of confidence, that as we breathe and find our way to stay in the moment, that the, the way is already lit for us. And our light joins with that light and the light of every other living being on this planet to be lifted to be healed to know that we are forgiven in every moment to know that we are enough exactly as we are in every moment We can breathe into a space of joyful anticipation, of joyful expectancy. It is okay to expect good. Because when we are in the moment, when time disappears, when we are living in that place of joy, When we are involved, completely immersed in the moment, time and space disappears. And the natural byproduct of that is joy. And when we are connected to that deep and abiding joy and that deep love, We can't help but be grateful. It flows from us naturally. So breathe deeply again into that light. And on the in-breath watching it grow and the out-breath radiating it. laser beams from your heart out to the world to those near next to you right now and to people on the other side of the globe the divinity born in us every one of us is what we celebrate this coming week. Let's celebrate it in each other. And if you forget, it just takes a breath, one breath, to remember that all is well. And all is well. And all is well. Blessings to you. Happiest of holidays.